the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on earth, or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness. Welcome to Always Right Radio with Bob France on AM 1420. The answer. Hour number two underway now, eight minutes past 10 o'clock on Always Right Radio. It is a Monday. It is the seventh morning of the 11th month of the year of our Lord, 2022, and it is the last day before we decide, are we saving, restoring, and rescuing our country, or are we surrendering it, not just for two more years, until we have another bite at the apple in uh, in the presidential election, but forever. I will continue to repeat that until the day is done tomorrow, because it is literally that serious. So races all over the uh, country are going to decide the control of this country, as Ted Cruz pointed out, and as I kind of led him into, the reality of the situation is, if the Democrats take just two seats in the Senate, just a two-seat majority in the Senate, it is all over, because they will, they will destroy and eliminate and get rid of and abolish the filibuster. And when they do that, SB1 is in play. When they do that, Washington, D.C. and Puerto Rico are in play as states. When they do that, what are we looking at? Maybe 11, 13, 15 Supreme Court members being packed by five, six new Joe Biden justices. Is that what we're looking at? Yeah, it is all in play if we don't get done what needs to get done tomorrow. Speaking of Joe Biden. No more drilling. There is no more drilling. No more drilling. There is no more drilling. J.D. Vance, how do you feel about that? What we have to do is open up our energy markets. You can't manufacture anything. You can't build anything unless you have our energy up and running. And and, and the Biden administration has destroyed that by shutting down pipelines, shutting down new oil and gas permitting. We have to open that stuff up. Absolutely 100% correct. I'm so glad to hear Joe Biden really campaigning hard for Republicans like J.D. Vance over the weekend on his uh, stump speeches. Simply unbelievable. Let's welcome back to our program now the next senator from the great state of Ohio, J.D. Vance. So good to have you. It's good good to be with you, Bob. You are one busy guy. I know everybody who's running right now is. I don't mean to to single you out for that. But my goodness, uh, it's not just where you are and how busy you are. It's what you're saying and what you're doing when you're there. J.D., I uh, and I messaged this to you last week um, uh, after the town hall in Columbus. 
I've never heard you more clear. I've never heard you more confident. I've never heard you more, um, you know, uh, uh, articulate in in really pointing out the difference between not only yourself and Tim Ryan, but the conservative message and the socialist left wing message that we all have to choose from, um, you know, uh, this, uh, tomorrow. So I, I kind of feel like you really have hit your stride here right when you're supposed to. Do you agree? No, I appreciate that, Bob. I certainly think that practice makes perfect, and we've been out on the campaign trail now for a little over a year. Um, I also just think we have such an obvious counter-argument, uh, such a good contrast to make with Joe Biden, who's shutting down energy resources, who's driving the inflation crisis, who's left the U.S. southern border so wide open. I mean, we really get to see what happens when you have the far left in charge of the country. And so it's given us an opportunity to really articulate why we can do better and why, if conservatives get a chance to govern, we can hopefully uh, make this country a whole lot better. I mean, my, my thing, Bob, and you know, I've, I've said this to you before, but when we win the majority, as I think we will, we need to govern like we won the majority, not like a bunch of cowards, because the American people are not giving us a mandate to go in there and warm seats. They're giving us a mandate, I think, to actually fix the problems of this country. You know, that's exactly what we're looking for, too, is a mandate. And I completely concur. I saw a number yesterday, Chuck Todd talked about the latest polls, and I want to talk about your polling in a second, but overall. Uh, and, and looking at Biden, who, of course, is the standard bearer for that party, he has that 28% among independents. 20, I mean, he's underwater overall between, you know, just American voters. It was 53, 46, I think, approval, disapproval, or disapproval, approval in that order. 28% approval rating among independents. So, you know, clearly, if you are not blindly partisan to one side or the other, and you're just looking at my gas tank and my cost on that pump, and you're just looking at your electric bill, and you're just looking at your grocery bill, if you are just a regular old American and you're not really leaning one way or the other, you are suffering and you are saying, I'm not going to support that again, because you just can't, right? That's exactly right. I mean, people have seen what happens when Joe Biden's governance, of course, backed 100 percent by Tim Ryan. They've seen where it leads, and it makes us all poorer, it makes us less free, and it makes us less secure as a country. So I I agree. I I think independents are going to come out big for Republicans tomorrow, not just in Ohio, but all across the country. I think Republicans, of course, were motivated in a way like, I mean, we are really fired up, Bob. I just did a rally in Avon. We're going to do another one in Toledo here in a couple of hours, people are ready to get out there and vote. But but I I think, frankly, Bob, especially in Ohio, a lot of Democrats, people who are patriotic, who care about good jobs and low inflation, I think they're going to come out for us, too. So we should have a very, very good day, but we've got to get people out there and vote. You know, when you're ahead in a football game, I know the Browns just, you know, walled the Bengals a few days ago, you don't want to fumble the football. And I think that's that's what not voting looks like. That's That's the moment where... You fumble the football, so we can't do that. What a great example, a uh, great analogy. I, I, I was doing a football uh, analogy earlier on, and I completely concur. See, I've got numbers in front of me, and I opened my show, J.D., uh, telling everybody how in, uh, equally inspired and yet terrified I am by the fact that you've opened up a massive lead in the two most recent polls. The Trafalgar survey, as reported by the Ohio Press Network, uh, has you up 10 points uh, in a survey that was done November 3rd through the 5th, a good sample size to 1,123 people voting. Uh, that's a huge number. And then uh, the latest that I saw on... Oh, I'm not going to be able to find the other the other uh, uh, survey now, but but it was also the most recent one, and it had you up plus eight. So I looked at that and I said, "Wow, Ohioans get it. This is exactly how it's supposed to be." 
But what terrifies me, J.D., is that too many people aren't going to treat this like a tie game. Like you said, they're going to get comfortable. They're going to get fat and happy. They're going to say, oh, we got it. The red wave is coming. J.D. is going to be swept into power. Power, I shouldn't use that term. Swept into this very important Senate seat to serve the people. And so I don't have to vote. If people don't treat it like it's a tie game and go out there and know that their vote is one of the most important votes that there is, that's how upsets happen in football and in elections. Yeah, that's exactly right, Bob. And the thing I'd ask your listeners to remember is there are going to be a lot of dirty tricks out here over the next 24 hours. I'm sure there will be you know, text messages that tell complete lies. There will be efforts to try to suppress the vote. Uh, there are going to be a lot of things out there, so people really have to get out there, make sure their friends and family are getting out there to the polls. Uh, and, and look, I don't put any stock in the polls, Bob. You know this. I didn't in the primary. I'm not doing it now. We need to win by as big of a margin as possible because – Here's the other argument. Let's just say, for the sake of argument, that we are ahead here, and I think that we are going to win this race convincingly, Bob. But let's just say we are. You know, whether we win by a little or win by a lot may determine whether Biden is willing to negotiate with us on energy policy or whether he's willing to to actually, you know, come to the table on the border crisis. He's still going to be the president, as much as that makes you and me, and I'm sure your listeners, unhappy. If we really shellac this guy, he's going to realize that he has to work with us save his presidency and look we're going to try to beat him in 24 but we can get we're going to get two years and and maybe two years where biden is a little bit more cowardly a little bit less willing to pursue the far left agenda that's what's at stake too it's not just we want to win we want to run up the score on these guys completely agree you know we're going to talk later on we're talking with the next senator from the state of ohio if we all do our jobs jd vance this morning um uh, I'm going to talk uh, in the 11 o'clock hour with Ken Cuccinelli, former Deputy Secretary of the of uh, Homeland Security, and he's going to talk to us not just about the midterms, but about election integrity. He's got a lot of very serious concerns. Are you concerned with the integrity of the election? I know they made you answer that question uh, at the town hall about whether or not you will accept the results one way or the other. and. I think, of course you would, um, if there is no evidence of shenanigans and, and some of the crazy things that we have seen, some of the extreme things that we have seen before in other elections. So um, not just in Ohio, but but overall, and again, this is why Ken Cuccinelli is doing a radio tour talking to people like me about this. He's concerned about the validity and the integrity of the elections. Are you? Yeah, so I feel great in Ohio, Bob. And I know you're asking about outside of Ohio. And I, I, to be honest with you, yeah, I, I do have some out there. Uh, I, I, I think that we've been better about this as a party. There are a lot of poll watchers all across the country. You know, I, have, I have folks that I know well running in, in Arizona and Nevada. I think they're trying to be as, as proactive as they can about this. Because let's be honest, one of the problems in 2020 is that we were far too reactive instead of actually getting ahead of some of these issues. So I think that we're in much, much better place. But I also think, look, there are problems with mass mail-in balloting. We just know that there are. Yeah. And so uh, in states where you have, you know, we're not talking about elderly people or military veterans, but we mail out ballots to way too many people. I do think that introduces some confusion into the process at the very least. And so, yes, we're better. Uh, yes, I still have concerns. And, yes, we need to focus on electoral integrity when we win big, as, as I expect we will. J.D., um, among the top issues that you have talked about in this uh, campaign and so many others have as well, you know, it's almost like the top four, almost always inflation, uh, economy, uh, crime and immigration and what's going on at the southern border. I want to ask you about that last one. When you did the town hall last week, <clears throat> um, Brett or Martha, I, well, I think it was one of an audience member, and then they followed up with you about it, about uh, you know what you can work with, with Biden on. And you declared that you think there's at least a couple of things that you think, if we have a strong enough majority, 
that you think you can make Biden deal with you guys on. Uh, and one of them was immigration. And I was really surprised by that. Can you explain that to me, given the fact that he has still in two years not visited the poor southern border that has allowed, uh, you know, almost five million people to cross in two years? Uh, and, and one million gotaways, meaning these are people who were hiding because they had really serious stuff going on. Uh, and then, of course, Kamala Harris, the czar, literally won't go down there either. She went to El Paso when there was nothing happening in El Paso uh, and has completely completely ignored it since then. Why do you think they'll be willing to deal with the GOP if you take over on that issue, among others? Well, let, let me give you a, a Republican answer and a Democrat answer, Bob, for right. some reason for optimism. Of course, you never know. So the Republican answer is that I think as a caucus, Republican senators are united on this being a major crisis. And they're united on using our leverage as a Republican caucus over the Biden administration. So, look, we, we still control the financial levers. We still control a lot of what Joe Biden wants to do over the next two years. And I think the basic negotiating position of Republicans will be so much stronger, especially given that we all agree this is a major crisis. But, but I actually think that there's also a Democrat argument here, which is, which is pure, raw, cynical politics. Remember when when Bill Clinton governed as a pretty far left guy uh, and then got crushed by Newt Gingrich and the Republicans, you know, we got welfare reform. We got a couple of, of pretty big things done because Bill Clinton recognized what I hope Joe Biden will recognize that his presidency is completely done if it keeps destroying the country. So I, I, I'm somewhat optimistic that if we really have big majorities, Joe Biden is going to look around and say, well, I can't win reelection unless we fix the border crisis. And maybe that will provide some pressure to do that. A little wishful thinking, absolutely, but we're also going to win big, and I think Joe Biden's going to have to deal with that reality. Yeah, and I certainly hope that is the case. Um, let me ask you another one about the if you win side of things. And I think you were asked this at the uh, town hall meeting, too, and I think it's a little unfair. And I, So I'm going, to, I'm going to ask it with that caveat. I, I don't think you can answer it right because you don't know who's running, but they asked you if you're in the Senate, will you support Mitch McConnell? as Senate Majority Leader. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, if somebody challenges them, then you'd have to make a decision. You don't know who that person is yet, right? So you don't have to make that decision right now, do you? No, that's exactly right, Bob. I mean, you know, look, I I obviously have shown a willingness, I think, over the course of the primary and the general election uh, to be independent from my party, and I think you have to do that. Um, You know, if, if the Republican leadership tries to force, let's just say, what they did in 2013, a massive amnesty package on the caucus, I'm not going to go along with that. Uh, but at the same time, I'm not going to vote for Chuck Schumer. We need to see who actually runs before we make those decisions. Uh, that'll that'll be my line until we actually get to the leadership and see what happens. Um, and we'll you know we'll find out that. Yeah, and and that's that's well said. I think it's a little unfair to say that, but I am curious just to see how you feel about leadership. And then to that end, will you talk to press push leadership for certain things if and when you get into that Senate? What I mean is, uh, I just talked to Jim Jordan. I asked him about um, investigations he wants to launch if he becomes chair of the Judiciary Committee, where he's the ranking member now. So if you have the opportunity to influence leadership, committee leadership, or what have you, do you have uh, agenda items, particularly in the investigative side, FBI, DOJ, uh, or or anything else. January 6th committee, which I find just horrific uh, and, and completely unconstitutional. Do you have any of those things that you would consider top-of-the-mind agenda items? Yeah, there's so much, Bob, and there's so much that I think we really need to use our oversight authority with. Uh, the two things that I've cared a lot about and that really, really bother me, number one, Merrick Garland, weaponizing the DOJ against parents who are peacefully protesting at school board meetings 
I want to understand how that decision was made, whether there was any criminal conduct, but certainly why you had parents being deprived of their First Amendment rights for doing something that's not just okay, but it's actually admirable, right? Our entire republic depends on parents actually stepping up in that way. They shouldn't be destroyed for it. They should be promoted for it. Um, the, the, the second thing is, look, I mean, we all know that the CDC and a lot of the public health authorities screwed up a big, in a big way over the last couple of years. I'd like to get some oversight there. I'd like to understand how these people make decisions. And most of all, I'd like to understand why people who clearly weren't performing their duties weren't fired uh, well into this well into this pandemic. And that's that's where I'd probably start my focus. But, man, there's so much that we need to look at. Clearly, the Biden administration has gone off the rails. You have the immigration issue. What is Mayorkas even doing with Homeland Security? So many questions to ask, but those are the two that jump immediately top of mind. J.D. Vance is our guest, an ex-senator from the state of Ohio. you got a big day today. You mentioned you got a couple of stops. you got a big rally in Dayton tonight. President Trump is coming to town, or coming to the state anyway, specifically to rally for you and for J.R. Majewski and for a number of others. Uh, can you tell us any more about that big event tonight? Yeah, we're going to have a great time. It looks like the weather's going to be really good in Dayton. Wife is going to be with us. So we're just I'm very excited about it. It's going to be a great way to round out the campaign. And I think the president's message is going to be the very thing that we need to hear, which is let's get out and vote. We've got this thing if we get out and vote and we get our friends, friends and family out to vote. So I think it's going to really juice turnout for us. You, know, you mentioned Jr. Um, and I, I just want to say something about Jr. Uh, the campaign that's been run against him has been extremely dirty. And I often say that in politics you can judge people by their enemies. Uh, so, so please get out there and get this guy into Congress. He's a good guy. I think he'll be a good leader for the state of Ohio. But for all your listeners who are in JR's district, that's an important one. And we talk about Tim Ryan being a career politician. So is Marcy Castor. Let's get them both out of Washington, D.C. You know, that's a great message. I totally agree. I had JR on a couple of weeks back, and uh, I probably should have had, on, had him on more often like I try to do with you. But, but yeah, that's a very, very important seat. And Marcy Kaptur absolutely needs to get out of Washington, so we'll, we'll push people for that as well. So last thing, J.D., um, I've never been a candidate, and neither of you, quite frankly. So how yep. do you spend Election Day? You go and cast your vote, <laughs> and then what do you do? Are you just sitting around twiddling your thumbs going, what's going to happen, what's going to happen? What are you going to do tomorrow? Oh, man, I would go crazy if we did that. So here's exactly what we're going to do. My wife and I are going to, you know, go go to our home precinct in Cincinnati. We'll take our baby. Uh, we'll go vote. We'll do a couple of events in Dayton and then in Columbus, just at the polling locations, just to shake some hands and try to encourage people to get out there and vote. And then, you know, we're going to hang out with the kids, go have a nice dinner, uh, try to turn off my phone for a few hours. And then when the polls close, we'll be watching it closely. I'm sure you will be, too. Uh, you know we will be, and uh, and of course our thoughts are going to be with you and your family and with this country, because that's what it's all about. This is what we need. We need you in that seat. We need a whole bunch of others like you in those seats. We need a strong majority so that we can begin the long process of restoring uh, this country and uh, returning it to what it once was 22 months ago. How about that? Return it to what it was 22 months ago when we were going we were going great guns with 239 gas and 1.2 percent inflation uh, and low crime rates uh, and, and 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 a secure border. What an amazing thing! But that's our job and that's your job. I appreciate you very much coming on, JD. Best of luck to you always, and uh, and uh, hopefully we can talk after the election. Thanks, Bob. Talk soon. You got it. There's JD Vance. It's a, it's a big deal. It's a really, really big deal. I'm glad Trump is coming into town. Trump had himself a weekend, by the way. Trump had himself a weekend. One night, he's bashing the Florida governor 
Ron DeSantis in a seemingly preemptive strike against a guy that might want to run for president in 2024 against him. And the next night, he's in Florida praising him. Really, really hard to figure that kind of thing out. Now he's coming in tonight, like, let's hope he doesn't say anything crazy about J.D. Vance like he did the last time when he was in Youngstown. It's a really interesting development there to see how things go between J.D. Vance and uh, President Trump, considering President Trump is almost unpredictable. Let's call him that. How about that? Uh, Very unpredictable, and I think that's a fair thing to say. I think it's an accurate thing to say. All right, so we went from... uh, Jim Jordan to J.D. Vance. We're going to take a time out here for the newscast. And on the other side of the news, the BOE, the Board of Education, just as important as any other race in Ohio, in my opinion, because we have got to get these radical indoctrinators and groomers out of boards of education, whether they be at the district levels or at the state level. Sarah McGurvey is running for a spot on that board. She'll join us on AM 1420, The Answer. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 